Welcome to another episode on the Canna Journalist. Thanks for coming back and joining me here today. Part of my job as a journalist is reading. I read all day long. I read mainstream media, I read blogs, I read other cannabis publications. I scroll through social media looking for cannabis news. Many times the things I read are what trigger my talking points. In this week's episode, inspired by a blog I read on Medium this week, I'm going to address cannabis edible horror stories, or anecdotal reefer madness. Let's start with a story that changed Colorado law. Maureen Dowd, a New York Times reporter, published a story in June of 2014 titled, Don't Harsh Our Mellow, Dude, which put a nationwide black eye on the cannabis industry. She recalled her first, and likely her last, experience with a cannabis edible in gut-wrenching detail for the entire world to read. She wrote, What could go wrong with a bite or two? Everything, as it turned out. Not at first. For an hour I felt nothing. I figured I'd order dinner from room service and return to more mundane drugs of choice, Chardonnay and mediocre movies on demand. But then I felt a scary shudder go through my body and brain. I barely made it from the desk to the bed where I laid, curled up in a hallucinatory state for the next eight hours. I was thirsty, but I couldn't move to get water or even turn off the lights. I was panting and paranoid, sure that when the room service waiter knocked and I didn't answer, he'd call the police and have me arrested for being unable to handle my candy. I strained to remember where I was or even what I was wearing, touching my green corduroy jeans and staring at the exposed brick wall. As my paranoia deepened, I had become convinced that I had died and no one was telling me. Then in 2016, the Nebraska pot dad gained national notoriety for unsuspectingly eating his daughter's pot brownies from the backseat of the car, ultimately leading to the verbal abuse of his cat. According to the police report, his wife called 911 to report an accidental overdose due to her husband's excessive cursing. When the police and paramedics arrived, Pot Dad was crawling across the floor, military style. Eventually, he ended up sprawled out on the stairs, calling his cat a bitch. And just last month, Dion Waiters, an NBA player, received a 10-game suspension for the self-induced panic attack that he experienced after allegedly eating a cannabis gummy on the team flight between Arizona and Los Angeles. In just an hour and a half, that seemingly innocent piece of candy resulted in nearly a $900,000 income loss for Waiters. Ouch! And just this week, as I stated in the intro, I read an article on Medium that was titled The Case of the Accidental Edible, or How I Melted My Brain with THC. The author, Chris Thompson, wrote, In the summer of 2017, a box arrived on my doorstep in Virginia, overflowing with delicious candy. All I knew of it was that it had been sent by my sister-in-law to my home and not her home, because she and her wife were out of town in Colorado on business. It had fallen to my wife and me to safeguard some colorfully wrapped candies until my sister was home to retrieve them. I, a hog, decided my proper payment for this job would be one large toffee chocolate bar, which I happily munched while my wife helped herself to a couple of sour candies. My wife texted her sister to inform her of this tax, and then her face turned white. Turns out, 
The box contained several pounds of weed edibles and no regular candy whatsoever. Mr. Thompson had eaten an entire cannabis candy bar to himself. A full 100 milligrams with absolutely no tolerance. However, before the edible could even kick in, he had already worked himself up into a full-blown paranoia, which only made matters worse. And he wrote, Sitting on my living room sofa, making a last-ditch effort to calm myself, I was suddenly very fuzzy and giggly, a not unpleasant state that lasted all of about 90 seconds. Suddenly I was losing time in what felt like alarming chunks and my vision was going to hell, and a massive apocalyptic vertigo was setting in. It had been maybe three minutes from the onset of the first symptom, and I was already in deep shit. The distance between the sofa and the nearest bathroom is roughly 13 feet. Walking, it would have been impossible. I was now experiencing total sensory blackout every few seconds. So instead, I crawled, slapping my hands on the ground in front of me like a tiny baby. I made it to the toilet in time to vomit, violently. Seriously, people, cannabis edibles are no joke. Clearly, each of these people experienced a traumatic event as a result of acute cannabis overdose. While these experiences are far from comfortable or fun, one critical fact that we cannot dismiss is the fact that each of these people lived to tell their story. Unlike an overdose of benzos, opiates, or several pharmaceutical medications, a cannabis overdose is never fatal. In fact, emergency medical care for cannabis overdose involves an IV for hydration and likely a sedative for paranoia, not Narcan. The good news is, with a little education and understanding about cannabis edibles, how they work in your body, and a few safety tips, all of these horrible experiences could have been avoided. In this episode, I'm going to provide you with a little edible one-on-one -on -one to help you avoid situations like these, as well as get the most from your cannabis edibles without going overboard. Now, to get started and to understand why edibles create such a profound experience, we need to understand the difference between inhaling cannabinoids and eating them. So allow me to kind of nerd out on a little cannabis, or cannabis science here. When you inhale cannabis, smoke, or vapor, THC, more specifically the Delta-9 THC, it goes directly into the bloodstream and to your brain through your lungs. This provides an extremely fast onset of effects. Edibles, on the other hand, must first travel through your digestive system, where enzymes that are released by your liver break down Delta-9 THC into a different metabolite. It's known as 11-hydroxy-THC. This new form of THC created by your liver is actually more potent than the original Delta-9-THC, which is very odd for a metabolite. And 11-hydroxy-THC also holds on much longer. So even though edibles have a very low absorption rate, the end result is a much, much stronger effect that will last for a longer duration. Unfortunately, the results are not consistent from person to person due to things like metabolism, enzyme production, what you eat or drink, your environment, and even genetic mutations can play a role in how you process an, a THC edible. Some people may eat a gummy and start to feel the effects within minutes. Others, it can take up to four hours or more for the effects to kick in. And still others get absolutely no psychoactive reaction to cannabis edibles at all. 
Because these cannabis edibles are so unpredictable, there are safety tips that everyone needs to know before they go diving in and indulging in cannabis goodies. So let's talk a little bit about cannabis edible safety. As legalization continues to spread across the nation, cannabis edibles are growing in popularity as well as in terms of ease of access. While I worked in the dispensary in Denver, I can't tell you the number of giggling tourists that I would see in a day buying their first legal cannabis. They ranged in age from 21 to 60, and they might have lots of experience with cannabis, or they might not have touched cannabis since days of brickweed past. So as a bud tender, I felt it was part of my responsibility to make sure that they were educated. And having read Maureen Dowd's story, I also wanted to make sure that nobody ever left my dispensary without having the talk. So here are those safety tips that I used to tell my customers when I worked in a dispensary about how to use cannabis edibles for a safe, fun, and relaxing edible experience. First, you need to know what you're doing. Don't assume that that box of goodies is for you without asking the owner. In the stories I talked about earlier, Pot Dad and Mr. Thompson both could have avoided their catastrophes by merely not eating something that wasn't theirs to begin with. On the flip side, if they are your edibles, clearly mark them with THC so someone doesn't unsuspectingly throw themselves into a tailspin. Be responsible with your pot brownies. Don't leave them where someone can get a hold of them, especially if you have kids or a nosy roommate. And for the love of God, do not send your relatives a package full of illegal candy if they live in a state where it could send them to prison. Be careful about where and when you consume your edibles for the first few times. The last thing that you want to do is be on an airplane and have a fit of paranoia. You want to be in an uncomfortable environment, preferably in a good mental state to begin with. Your mood and your surroundings absolutely will contribute to creating a bad experience. You also need to know your dosing. Thanks to Marie Down's story, Colorado actually implemented dosage limits on cannabis-infused edibles and drinks. In today's world of legal cannabis, edibles are dosed in single doses of 10 milligrams each or less. Recreational edibles cannot contain more than 10 doses per package or 100 milligrams total. However, in the case of homemade edibles, you may not have any idea how potent the edibles really are, so you'll want to proceed with caution. Medical edibles come in much, much higher doses. These candies can be dangerous for naive consumers. My husband gets a medical edible from Incredibles called the Mile Higher Bar. It contains a grand total of 1,000 milligrams of THC. With each dose, a tiny one-inch square of minty, delicious chocolate contains 100 milligrams of THC, or an average 10 recreational doses. Even my husband, who's been using edibles for four years for chronic pain, cuts those pieces into smaller bites. Always start low and go slow. This slogan was adopted by the Colorado Marijuana Enforcement Department to help educate people about how to consume edibles responsibly. Let me put it in different terms. You can always take more. You can never take less. Unlike inhalables, cannabis edibles take time to take effect. Some people may start to feel the effects in about 30 minutes, while others it can take hours. Here's how this scenario plays out in the minds of new consumers. They take one dose, 
And then about 20 to 30 minutes later, they still aren't feeling anything. So they think, hmm, I must have a higher tolerance or I got a bad one. And to compensate, they eat two more. So by the time the THC actually starts to kick in, they're three doses deep. And that's when the paranoia ensues. Whether you eat 10 milligrams or 200, once you eat a cannabis edible, you're in for the ride. You cannot untake it. So always start low. Next, you want to avoid what I call the alcohol mentality. When people start to become impaired from a cannabis edible, two things work against them. One is the severe case of the munchies. The other is a phenomenon that I've always called the alcohol mentality. You see, people are familiar with being intoxicated. Getting drunk is a common American pastime, and it's pretty much common sense to eat something when we're drunk to help slow the absorption of alcohol. Factor in the appetite-increasing attributes of THC, and you have a recipe for disaster. When a new consumer starts to get too high from a cannabis edible, they resort to what they know and think, I need to eat something. Well, THC is fat soluble. This means that it binds with the fat calories that are in your digestive system to get to your liver where the enzymes can convert it to 11-hydroxy-THC. The more fat calories in your digestive system, the better the bioavailability. The better the bioavailability, the higher you'll get. In other words, that greasy slice of pizza that sounds so good will likely help send you to the ozone after an edible. Now let's review a couple of stories from earlier. Maureen Dowd said in her article, I figured I'd order dinner from room service and return to more mundane drugs of choice, Chardonnay and mediocre movies on demand. While I don't know exactly what she ordered from room service, we can assume that it wasn't devoid of fat calories. And she had alcohol at elevation in Denver after coming from New York. Double whammy. Pot dad. He decided to eat his daughter's brownies for dessert after having pizza. When my husband first started using edibles in place of deadly opiates, we would order a pizza and he would start to giggle afterward with bloodshot eyes and say, I think the pizza's kicking in. The added fat calories increase bioavailability of THC, so yes, food will make you higher. Finally, plan for the munchies. Cannabis can and will induce a severe case of the munchies. You will likely want to eat everything in sight at some point during this experience. When that happens, you also want to have something to eat besides the rest of your edibles. In today's world of cannabis edibles, many legal THC products are delicious delicacies. For example, I had the incredible opportunity last year to interview Lauren Glockley, the head chocolatier at Coda Signature. The chocolates her company makes are absolutely divine. When I was a bud tender in Denver, we used to beg their sales reps for non-medicated samples to snack on throughout the day while we worked. If all you buy is a box of Coda Signature chocolates, when the munchies kick in, you're not going to be able to resist eating another one. I speak from experience. So the moral of the story is always plan for the munchies. Get yourself a low-fat snack and drink lots of water. Now let's review. One, always know what you're doing and know where you're at. Two, know your dosing. Three, 
Start low, go slow. Four, avoid alcohol mentality. Food will get you in deeper trouble. And five, plan for the munchies. It's gonna happen. So now what about those unplanned trips to the moon? If you find yourself like Pot Dad or Mr. Thompson and you've consumed a covert edible, there are ways to handle a THC overdose better when it happens. And let me give you a few tips to avoid those dreaded calls to 911. First, relax. You're going to be just fine. Do not think yourself into a panic attack. No one in the history of mankind has ever been able to consume enough THC to kill them. In fact, it is scientifically impossible to fatally overdose on cannabis. If you allow yourself to stress out, it will only worsen the situation. Breathe, relax, repeat. Okay, next, don't eat. You want to drink water and a lot of water. When you eat an edible, bioavailability is very low because the THC must bind to the fat calories in your digestive system, or it merely passes through your digestive system and you lose most of it in your urine. So make those cannabinoids swim for it. Dilute the edible in your digestive system with water to reduce the bioavailability of the THC. Do not drink alcohol or anything caffeinated. Adding additional substances to your system will only increase the effects and could cause heart palpitations and panic attacks. If you do happen to have a CBD product nearby, use it. CBD is what's called a competitive inhibitor, which means it races to your receptors and binds to them so THC can't. CBD essentially deactivates the endocannabinoid receptors in your brain, dulling the effects of THC. Next, you wanna do something to take your mind off of what's happening. Grab a coloring book, put in your favorite funny movie, turn on some relaxing music, read, do whatever it is that you do and get completely lost in the moment. And finally, when all else fails, just go to bed. Lay in bed and try to close your eyes and sleep. You will be absolutely fine when you wake up. So let's summarize those tips again. Number one, relax, you're gonna be okay. Two, no food, lots of water. Three, consume CBD. Four, take your mind off the moment. And five, go to sleep if you can. Edibles can be a lifesaver for many medical patients like my husband. And when used appropriately and given the respect that they deserve, they could be a great way to relax and unwind for recreational consumers too. Alcohol overconsumption kills 88,000 people per year. Drug overdose has killed a half a million Americans in the last decade. A cannabis overdose is anything but fun. However, you'll always live to tell the tale. If you'd like the links to the various articles and stories that I've told here today, visit my website at www.cannajournalist.com and you'll find the written transcripts and links to all my resources. In next week's episode, I'm going to debunk the myths again. After a rigorous social media debate today with an old classmate from Iowa, I fear there are still many myths and stigmas to overcome. Join me here next week to talk about the misconceptions about legal cannabis.